Welcome to the Free Birth Podcast, a supportive space for people who are learning, exploring, and celebrating their autonomous choices in childbirth. Together, we'll unpack truths, share personal stories, and claim our ability to birth freely and intuitively. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. craving a community of like-minded women? Do you feel like an outsider in your family or your community? Well, I may have the place for you. We have a Free Birth Society private online community that's full of radical and wild women just like you. If you resonate with the topics that we explore on this podcast and want to belong in a circle of women who support each other in the self-exploration of free birth and wild mothering, come join us. You can apply online at our website, freebirthsociety.com. It's where myself and my team are hanging out these days, and we would love to get to know you. today with my friend Kim. We're doing a four-part series following her wild pregnancy, upcoming free birth, and fourth trimester. This episode is catching up on Kim's second trimester. She fills us in on her continued journey with hyperemesis gravidarum, navigating body image in an ever-changing body, and how she's learning to deal with anxiety and the unknown. And Kim tells us about a turning point she had after a trip to the hospital. Hi, Kim. Hi. I'm so excited to be doing this. I've, I've, I've kind of intentionally not wanted to reach out too much because I want to hear everything condensed in this episode. Um, so we were just saying before we were recording that you're 27 weeks-ish, um, today-ish yep. at the time of this. So we'll put this out in a couple of weeks. But um, And so we left off, you know, for anyone needing a quick refresher um, from from the first episode we did with you is we're doing a series, a four episode series um, of following Kim, who's a dear friend of mine in Los Angeles, um, of her wild pregnancy of every trimester and then her fourth trimester uh, post baby's arrival. Um, And so the point of this is just to track somebody who's made um, this pretty epic choice to have a fully autonomous pregnancy um, and then to hear her birth story on the other end with a lot of context of having checked in with her whole journey. Um, so we're here today to cover the second trimester. The last episode was um, really kind of just getting into the why she chose it and um, conscious conception and uh, where we left off was Kim unfortunately experiencing a great amount of sickness um, and a lot of throwing up and a lot of feeling terrible. And so, um, bummer, <laughs> but they yeah. better at 27 weeks. But so that let's kind of, let's kind of just start there. So 12 weeks All right. uh, when, when we left off and yeah. you can go back and, and listen to her first one. If, if this is a new story for you, go back to a couple episodes back where she talks about her first trimester. So yeah, let's, let's dive into All right. what it's been like. So that I remember when we did this the last time I had like my saltines and ginger ale. 
and I still, I have now ginger tea and some bread. Um, but I'm, I'm doing a lot better, but yeah, so 12, 13 weeks when we last talked, I was throwing up like average five times, sometimes 10 times a day. It's pretty, pretty rough. Still going through my life as much as I could, but super simplified it. Um, and at that point, I was, well, you know, everyone says, a lot of people say too, when you're pregnant, this happens to be when you're sick of like, oh, it'll around 14 weeks, it'll get better. Or like, you know, at the end of, because it does for a lot of people. So I was like, a part of me was like, yeah, okay. But I, I never fully believed it. Mm. (laughs) I just like had this feeling that it wasn't going to be that way for me, I think. And a little bit, it was like some stubbornness that I'll get into, but there was some, some healing I did around that. But so around, I had, I had like all these things I had to do. My best friend had this big party and instead of a wedding, she was doing like a 10 year anniversary party with her partner. And we were doing, we did sort of a bachelorette party thing. And I had, I had to go to that with her. And I was just like going through all these things in life, <laughs> doing the best I could. And this is in the early second trimester. Cause I had assumed I was going to get better. Um, but I'm just like puking, you know, going, going out with friends and they're all drunk and I'm the one puking and oh my God. <laughs> like but just so, pushing through. Practicality wise, like, did you carry around a bag? Like, oh yeah. Literally- I, <laughs> I always had plastic bags in my car, in my purse. I puked in my car so many times. I can't even tell you. I puked while driving on the freeway. This is how good I got. Like I could oh my God, grab a bag. <laughs> It's kind of sad, but I'm sort of proud of it. I I could grab a bag with one hand on the steering wheel and hold my nose because I learned that I had to hold my nose so that the puke wouldn't come out my nose and hold <laughs> hold my nose and the bag in the same hand and like make it in the bag. Um, oh God, can you imagine the pacifiers? So, <laughs> You're just like free birth. <laughs> the skills I got. <laughs> so that was for a while. I was just all the time. I mean, I was I was babysitting. I would just puke in their house. They knew. I, no, everyone in my life knew, and that I was just always like, I might puke at any moment. I can't believe um, you left your house. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I had to. I, I, I did it as little as possible. I yeah. only left my house if I was getting paid. That was like pretty much what I, <laughs> I was like, only for getting paid and then super important things like my friend's party yeah. you know, or things like that. Um, but yeah, it was, so I got really good at coping with puking and the weeks are going by. Around week 16, I went to New Orleans, which I remember talking to you on the phone while I was there actually. And I was kind of feeling better, like having a little bit of time where I wasn't nauseous. Like it was just not, so not only was I puking all the time, but I was 24 seven nauseous too. So it was just really like, there was no break. Um, and you know, I did, I slept a lot and I, I ate a lot. Actually, I got really good at like, I would puke and then I'd just eat immediately Mm -hmm. because I found that it was definitely worse if my stomach was ever empty. And same with drinking water was like, I just had to drink so many liquids. And, um, so, you know, I was kind of just learning as I was going, like how to cope with it. And so I went to New Orleans and with Jacob, my husband, and we had a pretty good time. Like we did things. We were able to like walk around and like mixed with naps and like me needing to go to bed at nine and still puking in public places sometimes. But, um, but I was able to eat more and my food aversions got way better. Like that did happen in the early second trimester. Thank God. And the smell aversions. Cause 
the first trimester was just so bad that it was hard to go anywhere because like I didn't go to the grocery store or anything like that. He had to do it or anyone helping me had to do it because I, that was just way too much. Um, and I would get in my car and like have to spray it with like a spray because the smell of the car, this was summertime, like August and, uh, it the smell of a hot car would trigger me just so many things. Um, did so, you ever try the trick of putting essential oil under your- I did sometimes, yeah. That helped me when I had to travel because yeah. like going in the airport was like, whew, it's a lot of smells in there. Which <laughs> so I had to do a couple times. So we were in New Orleans and, and I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe I'm taking a turn. And, and occasionally I would discover like, oh, if I drink a little bit of coffee, I would feel better for like an hour. So I would like, there'd be little things, but usually any little thing I discovered, it would work for like two days. And then I'd, you know, have a really bad day. There was, there was a lot of like in the second trimester, there were some days that were better. And then there were some really bad days. Um, and so I kind of was just learning to be like, okay, this is when I was in the bad days, it was like, this is a bad day. I just had to surrender, like cancel everything, just be in my bed or whatever I had to do. Um, so that's, but that I'm was wondering. hard. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I kind of want to go to is how is your mental space? I mean, I'm hearing you, <laughs> it, you just sound like you, you were in a real survival mode of just like, yes. Okay. One day at a time, I'm just figuring out how to get through this, this pretty hardcore. It was completely that one. And people would ask me because, you know, I'm still like teaching yoga. I'm going to class and like people could tell that I don't feel good. And I I would tell them like, I might puke during class. Now everyone would say to me like, how are you doing this? And my response was always, well, I don't have a choice. (laughs) Like I, I just, I am. And that's really the mental space I was in was like, I, there are no other options as far as I see it. Like I have to just keep going and get through this. And I, I, knew that it wasn't going to be a forever thing. Like, I mean, sometimes in my spiraling days, I would say things like, what if I'm just puking every day for the rest of my life? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what if this is me now? And I just like, can't be a normal human. And, but I knew like, that's not true. Like this is everything about this is temporary. So reminding myself of that, of how temporary everything is about this journey, but also like, just had to be in it. So it was very just surviving each day um, and not a ton of joy in my life in those days. Honestly, it was very like, I wasn't, I never really got depressed, which honestly I'm surprised because depression, as I talked in the last episode, is a part of my, of my story in my life. But, but I didn't, I, I always was able to keep this like, like I, I was just deep in it and kind of in a darkness in a way because I, I was like a bit of a prisoner in my body, mm. but I, I didn't feel lost in that. I just, I felt very like, well, I know why this is happening. I understand. Um, and this is just the way my body is processing this and nothing is wrong with me. Like ultimately I understood that, that like yeah. nothing is wrong with me. Um, and I'd have people be like, why don't you go to a doctor? And I'm like, cause they're not going to help me. And they, there's nothing they're going to do. So that well, like, I'm some, like gross medication. Yeah. That I don't want to take. And right. you know, and I was trying like Unisom and vitamin B6, which is like kind of what they give you and it didn't help me. So I'm like, I, I don't need that. And literally the only thing, like there's some reason why this is happening to me. So I just need to do it and just go through it. So that's kind of how it was, but it was 
fucking hard. I mean, I can't lie. And then when I look back, um, I still like, I can't think too much about certain smells, certain <laughs> things I ate, like, cause I will suddenly be like, Oh God, I'm going to throw up. Um, or I can like get myself back into how that felt pretty quickly. Cause it was still, you know, just a couple months, not that long ago. Um, well, and you, you, <laughs> before we were recording that you just threw up last week, right? Yeah. So, so the puking's the current, not gone. <laughs> yeah. So what's it like now? Um, now I throw up about once a week. Um, but so let me get to, I want to talk about like week 16. So coming back from New Orleans, cause that was a big time, um, mm. because I ended up going to the hospital. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm in, you know, in New Orleans and I'm starting to feel this, like I'm having good days. I'm having bad days, but the bad days are still like really, really bad, like actually worse around these weeks, um, the bad days were worse than like earlier on, which I'm just, you know, having these moments like, what the fuck? Like everyone said it was going to get better in the second trimester. And it's like, yeah, some hours of the day are better, but mostly it wasn't. I was definitely puking like 10 to 12 times at that point. Um, but you know, doing my best. So the day after we get back from New Orleans, um, I, it was a bad day and I would wake up sometimes and just know like, this is a bad day. And I just, I don't remember all the details, but I remember like I threw up a lot and I felt horrible. Um, and by the nighttime, usually I could just pass out, um, or fall asleep or eventually, um, I needed, I had to do like guided meditations every night to fall asleep cause I felt so sick. It was really hard to just fall asleep by myself, by myself. So usually I did guided meditations or Jacob would do a guided meditation for me which was really cute because he would just say the things that he heard of the meditations that I was doing, which is really sweet. Or he'd scratch my back or he was like a huge part of these days. Like he cleaned my projectile puke countless times. Um, anytime I I would always be like, sorry, (laughs) like just puke on the wall or wherever. (laughs) Cause a lot of times I didn't make it to the toilet and, um, he just never, I mean, he was just incredible, like always by my side when I needed him and always like cleaning. He knew my routine. He had to make me breakfast. I couldn't get out of bed until I ate. So he was doing all these things. But that day, um, I was just really like puking a lot. And by the night I was trying to fall asleep and I just kept waking up or I, I wasn't falling asleep. I just kept puking. Um, it started to get to the, get to the point where, I was no longer puking up food or anything. I was just, it was bile and my throat was burning. I lost count of how many times I'd thrown up. Um, I had a bowl by the bed because I couldn't even make it to the toilet, which usually I could. (laughs) And it was like, and then around like midnight or something, it started to be like every five minutes. Like I just literally could not stop. And then we saw some stuff that kind of looked like blood and I was feeling just horrible and um, everything's burning. And I'm like, what's happening? Like this, this was way more like, yeah, way more out of control than I'd ever felt before with it. I couldn't fall asleep. Nothing was working. And so we started talking about going to the hospital to get fluids because I was, which we had discussed like, you know, that could happen. And we'd sort of talked about because of that we're free birthing, like, what would we say? Like, would I not tell them I'm pregnant? Would I, what would we do? Obviously we would refuse like anything we didn't want. Um, so we'd sort of discussed it, but I, it's like going to the hospital was this thing in my head that I was like, I can never get to that point. Like I am terrible. I do not want to step foot in the hospital and not, I mean, that's probably why it happens because I was so resistant to it. 
Hey, better now than in your labor. <laughs> exactly. And that that's kind of what, like now in retrospect, I'm like, well, it had, it had to happen because I had this like resistance and that's why it happened then, I think. But, um, and we had a, yeah, I'll tell you the experience, but. Yeah, so and we just want to be clear here for, for listeners, especially if you're kind of new to this podcast, you know, in no way, shape or form are Kim or I or anything about free birth society demonizing yeah. going <laughs> to the hospital to get assistance. The critique that, and, and the concern that, that Kim and I and many women share is that it's not that simple and that yeah. the whole uh, potential, you know, onslaught of harassment and um, it getting very complicated. Um, that's the piece that makes, you know, I'll speak for you, you know, here to say that's the piece that makes you nervous. That's the piece that makes me nervous. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's not <laughs> as like cut and dry as like, I'll just get fluids. It's having to prepare for uh, potentially a really um, challenging situation. Yeah. And no, you know, because I hadn't seen any, knowing that I was going to have to answer all these questions and, um, and just, you know, also knowing that in that moment I was in a super vulnerable place that I knew it would be really easy for me to cave in to things because I felt like I was dying <laughs> and it was, it was just, it was truly the worst I've ever felt. And, um, so, you know, and it's scary. And scary. And, you know, and, but I actually remember like a, a part of me deep down that was not worried about the baby at all, but I was worried about myself because I was like, I'm not okay right now. Yeah. Like I need something like that. I am, this is not normal. Like I definitely need help. Um, okay, so but I never, I never felt worried about the baby, but, um, so we get, we, we went, we had went to the hospital and, um, at the time I had Kaiser insurance. So I had to go to a Kaiser and we just moved. So I was, it was like a 25 minute drive, even at nighttime to the one that I decided to go to. Did so, you go to sunset? Um, no, I didn't want to go to sunset. Really? <laughs> so I went to Panorama city what? because I, well, because I knew that sunset was going to be insanely crowded. And I didn't want to wait and I didn't, and I just was like, and I had actually also, because I had a student, a yoga student who had hyperemesis um, at the time, whose husband worked at Panorama City. And she told me she would go there and just get fluids and they didn't give her any trouble. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try that. Cause she said like, she was like, you should just, just go there. But you know, <laughs> some details, <laughs> they knew her there. So that's why it was easy for her to just get fluids and not to deal with other stuff. They didn't know me. So <laughs> we we get there finally after I puked like 10 times in the car and I'm mm. like crying at this point, like shaking, just barely able to walk because it mm. just hurts so bad. But the emergency room was nearly empty. So that was nice. Um, and you know, I don't know, walked in and I, I did tell them, I told them I was pregnant cause I was like, they'll see me faster. <laughs> um, and they did, and they brought me in pretty quickly. And, and the people at the front were really nice and they brought me in in a wheelchair and I was like, hell yeah, I'll sit in that wheelchair because I was starting to like black out a little bit. And so I was just, I was very much in a like, yes, please take care of me mode. Like oh. I really need help and Again, felt good that I about that choice. Like I it's felt important. good that I was there. Right. But this is, this is the whole thing, right? You were sick. Yeah, I was sick. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't you like in this perfectly normal, healthy state of labor, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I were, needed help. <laughs> you were near passing out from puking. Like that's a, 
yeah, like, yeah, I'm so glad you went. Okay. So you're in the wheelchair (laughs) to take me back. Um, and then they take me to a bed and, and I just sat in there, you know, asking, I think the nurses are asking like, what's going on and what do you need? And I was like, I need fluids. I, I know that's what I need. I'm dehydrated. I was traveling yesterday. I was on a plane. I'm probably extra dehydrated. I've been puking. I don't know. I, I don't probably didn't say it all that clearly, but, um, and they're like, okay. And then the doctor comes in or a doctor comes in. He immediately puts a mask on my face without asking. He just puts it on and he was like, it's flu season. You're pregnant. You need to wear this mask. And I'm just like laying. And so instantly that happens. And I immediately feel just helpless. Like I can't, I don't know. And, um, he had a very strong energy, like very, just swept in. And, um, I don't, and then he just started, he started palpating. So he started touching me very hard where I said, ouch, which I palpate every day. Like I'm, I get in there and I like feel, and I, at this point I didn't yeah, do it's your body. And, and so, and I, so I know like you can, you can get in there and it doesn't hurt, but it's, the fact that he made me hurt was like, he was really aggressive with it, like just really pushing and, um, yeah. So I did not like that. <laughs> and I said, please stop. That hurts. Um, and then he just said, he just started saying like ordering a blood panel, which were like, fine, whatever. I'll do that. I guess. Like, I don't know. I don't even remember him saying that, but I remember him saying, and we have to do an ultrasound. Um, and we're like, wait, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> like we don't need an ultrasound. And he, it was like, he wanted to do that before giving me fluids. And I said, I just want fluids. Like I need fluids right now. I <laughs> need that. And so I was refusing the ultrasound and he he just, he just immediately started blubbering. Like he was just like, why wouldn't you want the ultrasound? He's like, I could lose my license. If you don't do an ultrasound, I could lose my medical license. And he kept saying, I could lose my license. And we were like, how (laughs) does it make any sense? I, again, I'm, I'm like puking while these conversations are happening. Oh my God. Also, you know, and I know you know this, and of course you couldn't like relay this in the moment because you're freaking sick. But also, he's supposed to lose his license for not operating under informed motherfucking consent. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, <gasps> <Yes>. <laughs> but and so I, I, I remember crying and saying, "Whatever, do whatever you have to do. I just want fluids." And thankfully, Jacob. <laughs> was like, no, <laughs> it's like, we're not doing an ultrasound. I don't remember how he put it, but he was very firm. And he was just like, we like, there's no reason for this. And uh, we don't want this. Um, we want fluids. And he kind of just said, he said it in a way where eventually, then, so in addition to saying he was going to lose his license, he kept being like, like, this is so confusing. Like, why don't you want them? They're safe. Just arguing with us, but not actually listening to us. Didn't actually want to hear what we had to say. So he didn't actually give us space to say like why we didn't want it. Um, so I don't feel like we even got to say that, but so finally Jacob gets firm and he just says, whatever, I'm uncomfortable. I'm leaving and just walked out. And we're like, okay, great. You're uncomfortable. Like I'm puking blood. You just poked me really hard. Like I, I am crying. Like I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that you're uncomfortable, sir. <laughs> like, but so he walked out. <laughs> um, Jacob's pretty angry. Like he's just. He was like, "What is that doctor's name? Like I need his name." And but the nurse 
and there was this nurse and there was someone else in there and you could tell the whole time I could feel their energy, like watching this doctor and they're just like, whoa, like, why is this doctor? So he was really out of line. Like he just, there was no need for him to react so aggressively. Girlfriend, I mean, <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen so many doctors do that. Like yeah, uh, one time I saw him, um, when a, when a mom asked him rape victim, by the way, asked him to remove his hands out of her vagina. Yeah. <laughs> he took his gloves off and threw them at her and oh my left God. the room. <sighs> like awful. a fucking man baby, abusive Ugh. man baby. So yes, of course out so of line. Awful. But you know, the reality is even if you did report him, it, it Well Yeah. Exactly. And I, I mean, and I've seen this before too. And we had really good conversations afterwards where I was just like, I was like, now, you know, like I've told you these stories, not that, not that he didn't know. I mean, he totally did. And he was like, I didn't need to experience that right, to believe right, right. you, but, but it was, it was really, yeah. I, I think it was, it was good for him to see that. And like for, I, and I felt really grateful that I was like, you know, you helped me. <laughs> like he, yeah. he was able to, to stand our ground and, um, and, yeah. So, but the nurse, the nurse was super nice. Like she was really nice to me and she was like, let's get the fluids in you right away. Um, so thankfully after that doctor left, he never returned, um, because we made him so uncomfortable <laughs> by, by saying no to something. How dare that, you? <laughs> that like is truly completely unnecessary for that situation. I mean, for a lot of reasons, but anyways, it's like, like, why, why do you need to do an ultrasound when clearly I'm dehydrated? I, that doesn't make sense. It's not going to tell you. Because the, I mean, I know why, but is the God, you know, yeah. Symbol of the technocratic model. Like they, she, he can't even see you. He doesn't actually even know how to assess you without seeing your fetus on a screen. Yeah. That by the way, we know gives us almost no information. Exactly. So (laughs) fundamentally, uh, ingrained and yet it's only rooted in like the symbology of it. It's not even an actual tool. And, and regardless of which, you know, you didn't fucking want it. Yeah. And I didn't want it. And yeah. So, so finally, like they get the fluids in me and I, I start to feel better pretty quickly. They did two bags, two boluses, which by the end I was like chatting <laughs> and definitely felt so wow. much better. It oh, was, so it was amazing. I was like, wow, I feel like <laughs> I'm actually hydrated for the first time oh. in like 16 weeks. <laughs> wow. I'm um, so glad. So that, and I, and I took a nap. I like fell asleep. We were there for a couple hours because we had to wait for like the blood panel thing. I don't know. And since the, the doctor never came back, but he did, he would like send messages. Like he'd <laughs> like, he'd be like, he wants you to drink this potassium um, because he says your potassium is too low. And I was like, yeah, of course it is. I'm dehydrated. Um, but I'm like, sure, whatever, I'll drink it. And the nurse was like, she was great. She was like, are you sure you want to? Like, it's pretty terrible. Um, and I, I drank it and I immediately puked it up. Yeah, and she's of course like, you did. And, she, and she's like, let's just say that it got in you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. And, <laughs> like, you know, this is such a good point because you, you know, you know, just as much as I do about what goes on in the hospitals and, and how hard it is to speak up and, you know, the need to, uh, or the, 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 uh, idealized, you know, concept of needing to defend yourself. And, and then here you are, um, you know, on the one hand, a part of my brain is going, 
you know, why, why didn't you ask for, you know, the hospital advocate and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, why the fuck would you have done that? You're like, yeah, middle of a really hard experience and you're vulnerable. You're trying to just baseline replenish yourself. Yeah. And it's just, it's obviously so mirroring or reflective of, of, you know, this concept, like everyone, we see it online all the time. Like, oh, you just speak up for what you want. You can decline anything. You can blah, blah, blah. Like you totally have the right to. And it's like, go fuck yourself. It's not, yeah. Think about how this is going to go. You cannot defend yourself in the middle of a deeply vulnerable uh, space, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like when, when you're like crying because you're in pain, (laughs) that's not when like, even, even my years of like, considering myself a birth advocate, like I, I couldn't do that in that moment. And, um, you know, I, cause I, I needed help, but yeah. So, so in the end, I, that experience at the doctor was shitty, but the rest of it was relatively pleasant because I felt a lot better from the fluids. The nurse was super nice to us and we liked her and, um, and they did end up doing a blood panel, which I was kind of like, all right, cool. Well, I'll see all these results and I'll like, I guess I was, it was interesting to see like what I wasn't, I hadn't planned on doing that, but they did a full blood panel. One major silver lining is they did a pregnancy test. So I now have that proof of pregnancy on my medical record, Mm -hmm. which was the thing that I had been like thinking about what I was going to use for that. So I was Mm -hmm. like, cool. Thanks for the proof of pregnancy. Totally. Peace out. (laughs) I'm not coming back. Um, and so we left and it was basically morning by that point. And then we slept for a while. And then that was a real turning point for me. I mean, it wasn't like suddenly I was better, but I realized like, oh, hydration, <laughs> like that's something I need to be focusing on. Mm-hmm. So suddenly I shifted from focusing on eating all the time to drinking all the time. And I started drinking things with electrolytes and um, only flat things, not bubbly, um, mm-hmm. just like getting, we, we found some different kinds of like hydration solutions and um, things that we felt comfortable or that I felt fine putting in my body. Um, it was mostly like with magnesium and potassium and things like that. Um, so I started to really focus on just like drinking water all the time. And like when I woke up, don't get out of bed. So you drink that whole glass <laughs> when in the middle of the night, if I woke up to pee, drink that glass, like it was just all the time. And that really started to be when I started to feel a little bit like the puking at least started to get better. And then I even would have, I think after the hospital, I had like five days in a row or something like that, where I didn't throw up at all, which was insane. Like that had not happened since I oh started. God, I would live at the hospital with a line <laughs> in my arm. Well, oh my that's, I, I mean, and we started looking into, it. I was like, how can I get more? Like, how can I yeah. get this again? Like this yeah. was amazing. I was making a lot of jokes. Like, can you just like go to nursing school and learn like this part and then steal all the supplies? And <laughs> like, how do we do this? Um, and I, I guess I probably could have found a midwife to That's help me with that. Way, yeah. But I just, I, you know, and I kind of talked about doing that, but I did, I just ended up not doing it. And we, we called like IV services, like we were th- like to see if we could do that, but they were all like, we won't help a pregnant person. And I was like, well, I could lie, but I definitely had, I think because of my digestive issues, I was showing very early. Um, and 
because I was, I think it was bloat more than anything. Um, but I definitely had like a bump that was, I could hide it in baggy things, but totally I I could wear big things right there. We won't help a pregnant person. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so liability. Yeah. So I just kind of, I don't know. I was like, well, these hydration things I'm drinking, we found something that was called like Ivy in a bag. That was basically like, I don't know, like the saline, whatever, but you put it in your drink. And so I did that and that helped. So I was just, I was just like, but yeah, it de- definitely made me be like, I just want fluids all the time because oh it yeah. really around with that IV <laughs> really oh. felt good. Um, but yeah, so that was a big, it was a big turning point for a lot of reasons. Like started to feel better. Like I said, it was good for us to have that experience because well, I don't know if it was good, but it, but it was helpful in our conversations and there was no doubt in our minds about how we were doing this, but, but that if anything solidified a little, like we are definitely not going to the hospital unless it's a true emergency, in which case we know, like we went to the hospital because it was an emergency or felt very necessary and we survived and it was okay. And so if there's a true emergency and we need to do it, we'll do it. But like, obviously, yeah, we don't, yeah, of course, like no question, that's the, but that's the thing, right? Is it has to be worth some unknown amount of abuse. Yeah. It's such a, like, yeah. it, it's such a impossible, you know, calculation that, that we have to make. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but yeah, it, it just, um, and again, cause I always had the sense, like I knew that the baby was okay. And so, and I was still like, my belly's growing and I'm progressing and things are happening. Give it more signs where I'm just like, yeah, the baby's fine. I'm again, trust, I just trust myself more than anyone else, which is what everything comes down to for mm-hmm. me. Um, but so I start to feel better around week 20, my nausea really starts to let up and I start having just like just better days in general. I started feeling like I wanted to move a little more. So I was going to yoga sometimes, walking sometimes, taking it like easy, but, but it's like definitely starting to look like, oh, I'm, I'm beginning to be more like myself. Mm, Um, I'm having a little more joy in my life again, like, and getting to be social a little bit. That was really huge. I started like around Halloween I think I went to like my friend, uh, had a birthday party and I went to that and I made it the whole time feeling like, okay. And I was talking to people and, uh, that was a, those were big turning points. Like just being like, well, I'm doing a social thing. Like I left my house and I'm not getting paid (laughs) and and, and I feel okay. And I like made it through. So that was great. (laughs) And that was starting to happen. And then I started to feel the baby moving. Um, it, the first time that I really felt like what I felt like was a kick. I mean, I was feeling like I'd feel like pressure and it would kind of shift and it would correlate when I'd palpate with like, that's the firm part or now it's over here. And I can, so I, to me, I felt them moving earlier cause I was aware of their movements, but it wasn't like kicks the way that I feel now. Um, around 21 weeks or something, I was at a yoga class and I was in Shavasana and I was laying down. Of course, that's what happened. I've had so many students over the years tell me they first felt their first kick in Shavasana in my prenatal class. Mm. So of course I was in a prenatal class and I had my hand in my belly and I felt just a thunk, like unmistakable, like under my hand. And I was like, that was the baby. Oh, <laughs> and it was amazing. And that 
you know, that moment and a lot of moments like that. It was just like, this is why I'm doing this. Like, because there's a baby in me. <laughs> and I, that just was amazing. It's such a weird feeling. Like I, I love being kicked. Like I love feeling my baby move. It's oh, just yeah, of course. one of the greatest things I've ever felt in my life. Um, and it's so hard to explain. And my baby is a mover. And they move in a lot of different ways. Uh, sometimes they feel like a fish swimming. Um, sometimes they're kicky. Sometimes there's, they're pokey. <laughs> well, it's, some, so, it's, so, it's really it's like, fun. <laughs> it's like reassuring and mysterious. You know, yeah. it's so loaded to feel our babies move. It's just like yeah. so big. And definitely reassuring. So, you know, there is so much unknown in this process. And um, I, like, we, yeah, just, I, I was always just going in this feeling of like, and it still continue to, like, in my bones, like, I, I know they're okay. But that's not to say I didn't have moments of, of doubt, or and still do, where I just, like, I'll have just, like, a moment where I'm like, what if they're not okay? Or, you know, like, that, I think that's such a normal part of this process and where I feel like people get so dependent on, you know, the ultrasound or the technology to feel like it's confirmation that their baby is okay. But I know logically that that's all an illusion and it doesn't actually tell you anything, um, any more than, you know, well, I mean, the feeling in my bones is more accurate, <laughs> I would argue. Um, and so really just learning how to, deeply surrender myself to the unknown, to the, the truth that I can only know what I know and it's very little and I'm not meant to know more than that and nobody is meant to know more than that. Um, and that is really just a part of this process and, and it is what, it is life. Like it is life, it is death, it is all of it. It's just unknown and it's just mystery. Um, and the when term, I- The term that comes up for me a lot is allying to the universe. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So I, I started working with this imagery when I would feel any kind of anxiety or anything. Um, I would imagine myself just falling back into like the softest pillows in the world mm -hmm. or water or clouds that are actually fluffy, like <laughs> not real clouds, but <laughs> like clouds that are like cotton, um, something that would catch me. And I would, and I would just, it was like, for me, it's a, this, um, falling back to my spirituality or knowing that I know there's something bigger that I trust in. Even if I don't necessarily have the words for it, but it's like, just this, I know it. Um, so that's like, I would imagine myself just falling into that and being caught and deepening my breath and just like, I letting go of like, I can't control this thing that, that I'm worrying about. Um, so I started practicing that in my head at a lot of moments. Um, you know, just moments when I felt uncertainty. Um, I also struggled a lot in this trimester with body image Hmm. things, um, which I've posted about some on my Instagram. Yeah. I saw um, you post something about don't, I'm not quoting you here, but something <laughs> like don't, well, okay. What actually happened for me was I saw you post a kind of one of the first pictures I noticed of your big belly, <laughs> beautiful belly. And, um, my first comment was that belly and that's what I thought was celebrating. And then I read your caption and it was like, don't comment on my belly or the size of it. And I was like, Oh fuck. And I went and deleted it. And was like, you did. Yeah, 
<laughs> well, I wouldn't have thought to do it. I don't think I would have been offended by it. I feel like I know the way you mean it. I, I just like, like I said, I showed really early and, um, which isn't I, surprising for your frame too, you know, cause true. you're pretty small or, or I'm small and I have long limbs and I have a short torso Mm -hmm. and, uh, but I just started to get really self-conscious of it. And I think (laughs) it's, well, it's not silly. I'm partly because when people in my life who knew that, um, I have not doing ultrasounds or anything that everyone started like harassing me about it being twins. Like everyone was like, like, well, you're, you're showing pretty early. Like, are you sure it's not twins? And I, (laughs) Not that twins would be the worst thing, but it is like kind of a, a fear of mine or just in that like it, it's something that I'm not so familiar with. I've never sure. seen a vaginal twin birth. I've never like I and it's just something that makes me feel like a little less confident in mm-hmm. free birthing. I don't know. I, I'm just like, well, I don't know. If it was two babies, I'm not sure what I would do. It's like a whole other thing to contend with. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of, you know, I've been doing your free birth course and like that was in the thing about writing down your fears. Like that was one of them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that my body image stuff was kind of wrapped in. I like, sure. I just was feeling like oh, I'm big and like, what if it's twins? Um, but again, in my bones, I know like, no, it's not, it's one baby. And I palpate so much that I feel like pretty certain that just from what I'm feeling, um, I most, feel most one baby. Pretty much all free birthers or, or women who have had autonomous pregnancies, uh, I think it's extremely normal to experience, uh, I yeah. mean, you know, I, I convinced myself that I was pregnant with twins for like two hours one time. I remember <laughs> halfway through, I mean, I was convinced for a couple hours and I lost my shit, man. <laughs> came back down. But, but yeah, I think it's extremely, you know, cause how could we not like the whole point of, uh, or not the whole point. I mean, for me, it was, I think for you, it is one, one of the biggest points or, or things that happens with a autonomous pregnancy is to navigate all of this. Yeah. Of like, okay. Exactly. Oh, you know, I don't know anything. And yet here I am also knowing, you know, like you said, it deep in your <laughs> Um, okay. So yeah. That's- so that was an example of a time where if I'd start to spin out of like, what if it's two babies, um, where I would picture myself, you know, falling into mm-hmm. this soft thing, catching me because it would be like, well, if it is, then I'll deal with it when I know that is are, for sure. The clouds are catching you and your triplets. <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll just, <laughs> we'll figure it out. Oh, man. That's, and it, because it was like, well, what's the point of me losing my mind over this? It's yeah, not going to do. But so I, I did get really defensive about people making comments about my size. Um, because also I just, and beyond the twins thing, I also just the normal body image stuff of, of like your body's changing so fast. Um, it's really quite fast, like how it happens and just, um, a part of it is so joyful. Like I loved every morning. I still do this. I, I always touch my belly first thing. And it kind of, for me is like, I am like feeling just the growth and remembering, like I can bring myself back to remembering like the size of it when I was seven weeks pregnant or, you know, just like, and, and it's all my way of like, hi baby, you're really growing, like connecting. Um, and so I love that part, but then I'd get out of bed and I'd look in the mirror or I would like put on my clothes and, you know, slowly shirts are not fitting anymore. And all the pants are having to be like put in the garage and, um, that stuff happening is like, 
shit, my body is changing. And like, I don't necessarily like how it looks or feel, you know, feeling emotion. Or I'd look at pictures of myself and be like, that's me. Like, I don't recognize that woman Mm -hmm. or, and so those feelings were very tender and, and again, just the vulnerability of this experience. Like we talked about how vulnerable I was in the hospital, but I would say overall throughout being pregnant, I feel vulnerable. Like I'm, it's just a very, um, vulnerable, sensitive time in so many ways. And the, um, yeah, the body image things for me, it was just another way that I was just feeling really tender. And um, anytime anyone would say something, even if it was well-meaning, um, I just, you know, kind of took it like it didn't feel good to hear. Well, I mean, yes, of course. <laughs> I so hear you and relate to that. And, and, you know, this all in my mind always goes back to, of course, patriarchy and this concept that yeah. Mothers, or let's say pregnant women, same thing, but pregnant women, um, that's like the start of um, a new layer of being public property. You know, it's something that as girls, you know, all the time, you know, you show up somewhere and someone hasn't seen you in a while, it is extremely common for them to comment on how you look, right? Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, I guess not as much if you've gained weight, but if you've lost weight, any Oh, yeah you know, oh, you're so little, you know, all this like weird girl shit that patriarchy has us doing. Yeah. And commenting on how you look. And then all of a sudden you get pregnant, your body's changing. You're navigating just the, the, the weirdness for lack of a better word, just the oddness of (laughs) this weird (laughs) and changing. And then of course, right. The first thing that people do is going to, is, and and then we pair, we add in that most people are fucking ignorant and, and super, (laughs) Um, insensitive to the, the the vulnerability of pregnancy, and so commenting on your body, you know, anything shy of you look beautiful, you know, you 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 are just radiant, you know, anything shy of that, just I don't want to hear it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically where I'm at now. I'm like, unless you're telling me how beautiful I look, please don't. That and that's I think when I posted that, like, please don't comment. And that's really what I'm saying is like, I don't want you to tell me that I look big or you know, like. When is that like a compliment? (laughs) Anybody to tell that they look big. (laughs) Why are we not, you know, I guess the point I'm making here is if someone, if a, if a girlfriend of mine that I haven't seen in five years shows up and I see her and she's clearly gained 50 pounds, um, I would never in a million years comment on that. Uh, why is it any different, you know, that, that when a woman shows up, and she's now has a belly because of a baby, you know, why is there anything shy of, you know, turning it around and say, how do you feel? What yeah. Is, what a, what a, <laughs> no one ever asks that. And that's like all I want them to right? ask me. Of course it is. Preg- you know, pregnant <laughs> or not pregnant. Yeah, just in general. <laughs> you mean that you would just like some basic human respect? <laughs> just, you know, can we just get a little bit of decency here? <laughs> and now, and then on yeah. Top, layered on that, we are already growing up with body images, you know, body image issues and, and you know, all of the stuff that's just vomited onto us as little girls and as, as you know, young women. It just, exactly like you said, it's just such a vulnerable time already, independent of all of that. It's such yeah. a time, independent of all of that, you know, shifting from the maiden to the mother. Um, you know, there, I wouldn't say there's any like one point as a, as a, what's the right word? You know, it's different for everybody of when that shift starts to happen for some yeah. women, 
it's before they're even pregnant. Um, and for some, you know, maybe it happens in pregnancy and for some, they may even say it happens after pregnancy, but pregnancy is, is kind of undoubtedly a huge part of that transition, you know, giving, you know, giving our bodies over to this experience, um, and becoming visibly pregnant in society. Um, and like you said, your clothes shifting and it is just so trippy and so tender. Yeah. So very tender. So there's all of that feeling. And then on the other hand, there's the little piece of like, well, also people are suddenly really nice to me. Like mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I remember like, you. yeah, I remember like it was, it happened like overnight where suddenly it was like, oh, now I definitely look pregnant because everybody's smiling at me and people are holding doors. And anytime I go to the grocery store, they ask if I want help to my car, even when it's one bag, <laughs> which is, I, it, they, I, it's well-intended. So I just like, I'm like, thank you. I'm like, no, I can carry this one bag. You're weak <laughs> now. You could possibly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, getting, and, well, this is kind of annoying, but the biggest question, everybody is just like, boy or girl, is it a boy or a girl? Um, or when people ask me like, what are you having? And I'm just like a human, I hope, but, um, I, yeah, lots of, business. and I, and I have like kind of also come to terms with like, I understand that people and and some, and this is how I see it. I think in some level, it's like you look at a pregnant woman and you're just like, wow, that is like the miracle of life walking by. And, um, people want to be like a part of it and they, and they want to like appreciate it but just, it's a little misguided, like the way that it comes out. Like, and it just, it comes out in commenting on size or asking about the sex of your baby. And I think, cause that's all we really know what right. to and say. I think that we're getting into kind of the, the interesting like meat of this, which is that I, I believe, and I'm sure you do too, that humans are intrinsically obsessed and enamored and, and, yeah. and just, it's it's so mystical. A pregnant woman is like the epitome of mysticism in our lives. Absolutely. And so we, you know, patriarchy can't take that away. Like that is in our bones. It is a fascinating yeah. thing at all stages. You know, every age is fascinated with a big full belly, you know, full yeah. of unknown mysterious life. And and yet, like you said, we are in a society that no one knows how to organize around that. No one knows how to yeah. just be in a respectful celebratory space um, because we don't know how to treat women, right? And we yeah. certainly don't know how to treat mothers. And so it comes off super awkward and super weird. You know, I mean, how we just, every woman who's ever been pregnant has at least a hundred stories, you know, like you do yep. of, of just them saying the wrong thing. And, you know, I remember one day in the same day I was asked, I was told in the same day that I looked ready to pop and a different person asked if I was having twins and a different person, um, said, Oh, you're, you're hardly showing. Are you only in your first trimester? <laughs> and I was like, literally y'all are stupid. <laughs> That's so crazy. It's <laughs> like com- compulsion to comment. Yeah, the, the ready to pop thing is funny. I got that for the first time about a week or two ago. Oh. Or some, or she was just like, oh, you look like you're ready any day now. And I, I just kind of smiled and politely nodded like, yep. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm like, I got three more months to go. <laughs> like, but I just, I, you know, I've sort of learned to just, uh, like I said, I, I do understand. I think it's coming from this place of, of really and, and being enamored and appreciative and uh, just 
yeah, like it, it's the celebration of life, but yet we don't know how to, but <laughs> or it's, like a, it's lacking. It's that without respect. Yeah. Without respect. And that um, is not okay. Everybody. It's not, <laughs> but I, so my way of coping, it has kind of just been to build walls a little bit and just sort of, you know, politely be like, okay, thanks. And walk away. Um, and also with the, you know, I sometimes get questions or people just making comments about like, oh, you're a doctor or whatever. And I, I, when I was newly pregnant in the first trimester, I felt a little more like I would tell people like, oh, I'm having a free birth. And then everyone is asking what that means. And once I actually started to show, I was like, fuck this. It is too much work to try to explain to people. So I just, I'll just go along with whatever. You should just wear, you should just wear a shirt with my website on it. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. Like, just go over there guys. <laughs> and I, you know, I've stopped mentioning that I'm not doing ultrasound. I just don't really tell people anything oh, anymore. Cause so like, awesome. why? I don't need to. And yeah. It, and it just stirs up conversation that I don't really want to have. And again, I'm like, I'm vulnerable and this is like, I'm building my boundaries, which I kind of expected I would feel this way anyways. So, so I'm not feeling super public about it. <laughs> I think that's so normal. And I hear that from, from so many women, you know, that, that the beginning is all about like kind of the, you know, but I think it's kind of beautiful because in a way the beginning is about claiming it, you know, and, yeah. and, and expressing it. And, and before you're showing, this is another way to show, right? It's yeah, to, totally. To like state claim to these choices. Um, and you also haven't been for lack of a better term, like beaten down by the pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, then, and then you start to feel the tenderness and the vulnerability and the shifting in your body. And it's like, you got your own shit going on. Like, you yeah. Don't have, and by you, I mean anyone like, you know, and if you're pregnant and you're listening to this, like, please, please do not feel like you owe anyone anything. And that's yes. a <laughs> statement, you know, to sit with. And, and, you know, if you are pregnant and you're resonating with this conversation, like give yourself and your baby and your nervous system the gift of yeah. just saying, I don't want to talk about it, you know, in whatever way, whether that's a nod and a smile or whether that's, um, you know, not going somewhere that, you know, everyone's going to ask you like whatever boundaries look like for you, um, you know, please give yourself permission to actualize that because like Kim's pointing out, this is hard, intense spiritual work without the bombardment of having to answer to everybody. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm very lucky in that I mostly am just talking about strangers, but I know a lot of people have, you know, family members who are asking a lot of questions that are not supportive or friends. Um, and in, in my life, and maybe it's because of my work as a doula, I think for some reason, I think I talked about this in the last episode, for some reason, everyone in my family, like that's like enough for that. They're like, Oh, Kim knows what she's doing. Like we trust her. Um, so, and I'm, I'm very lucky and you know, everyone's very supportive and I really have had felt nothing but support from both sides of my family. I don't think they fully understand sure. why I'm doing this or, or what it means maybe, but they, but they don't really need to. And they, you know, they like trust us. And so uh, I'm very grateful for that, but just for anyone who is listening and, and who is maybe, you know, dealing with it with people in their life daily. I mean, like Emily said, give yourself the permission to just like build your walls, you know, and, and, uh, you have, have to do that, like protect yourself. It's, it's really, um, and it's hard and because okay. And necessary, even though we as women and pregnant women are treated like public property, we're not. And you yeah. <laughs> just decide 
and realize that you're not. You know, it can happen in this exact moment. And so even if it's the really concerned mother-in-law or the best friend who's already had three kids, you know, or the, the you know, the NICU nurse aunt, you know, like everybody has those, you know, not everybody, a lot of people have those people in their lives yeah. where they, the, the people genuinely have um, gone astray in thinking that they are entitled to your information. And it is a part of, patriarchy. It really is. It is a part of, um, not centering women and not respecting women. Um, and so, you know, that these are like little things that you can do. And we talk a lot about it in the course around, you know, how to navigate boundaries Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, how to, how to hold yourself, um, in your own self-authority. Um, you know, even if it's just a small thing every day, um, you know, do it, give yourself that, feel what it's like to say, you know, I don't want to talk about it or to not call somebody back. You know, it's okay. You do not owe anything to anybody. And it's magnificent to feel that freedom. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so that's been, that has definitely been something that I am feeling now as I'm, you know, moving towards the third trimester. I'm, uh, I guess you could also call it nesting. <laughs> and, you know, and that's really like what I think that nesting instinct is, is like, it's this drawing inward and, um, you know, building the walls around you and just like preparing your safe space for, um, for giving birth and then for your postpartum time. So I'm pretty deep in that. Um, and also just physically, like I, I had set up my life basically, so that's starting in the new year, which we've just started. And as I'm about to be in my third trimester, I'm working way less. Um, so I, I like, I'm only teaching yoga. So I'm going to have lots more free time. And I had intentionally planned this out um, early on in my pregnancies to, to just give myself uh, lots more space. And mm, so, so I'm smart. starting to, <laughs> and it, it feels really good. So I'm starting to ease into that where I'm just like, you know, having a lot of time and a lot of space and, and partially because I wanted to, I want this last trimester to be about all about me. Like what do, what do like all about Kim? Like what does Kim want to do today? Um, just as, as you know, my last months as a maiden. So like my, and just being like, Oh, I, I just want to like, I don't know, go to a place just for the hell of it. And I, and not have to carry it, all the stuff with me, <laughs> like just, you know, the sort of enjoying the freedom of it. Just yeah. being, go just to a me movie right now. Me. Yeah. Going that to date. out the window, which is fine. Oh it's man. I, <laughs> I went like a couple weeks ago to a movie and, uh, in the daytime, which I haven't done in so long. And the baby went crazy in there. <laughs> the baby was like, so, and I went to a sound bath the other night and for on New Year's Eve and some of the movements was just, it was really interesting and very cool. Whenever, anytime I'm still and there's loud noise, they're just like really react. They're like, what is going on? <laughs> and I so, love that. So yeah. Anything that else you want to speak to, to kind of wrap up this? I guess. Semester? The last thing is talking about coming back to that idea of the unknown, which we talked a little bit about recording. I said something like I've, I've been romancing the unknown. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to just like talk about what I mean by that and where I've been, um, where I'm landing with this like idea of mystery in that I'm actually like really 
enjoying that. So, okay. So my pregnancy has been hard. I'm not going to lie. Like I've puked. I still puke once a week. Um, if I don't eat, that's why I puke. Um, it's, it's been, and I've been tired and I've gained a lot of weight or more than I thought I would. And that's also the sensitivities, I guess, of the body image stuff. I, I have, it's, it's challenged me in a lot of physical ways. Um, it's also grounded me incredibly. I am a person normally who's kind of like up out there sometimes or can be, and, uh, I feel more physically bound than I've ever felt in my life. Um, and, and then that way, I kind of love that. Actually, I feel very earthbound and very like, I have a purpose now. <laughs> like I have this baby that I'm making and I'm going to birth and I'm going to raise. And so sort of feeling a, re- a renewed sense of purpose in my life. Um, but um, amidst all that is this unknown, which is not a tangible thing. And it's, it's just this huge like idea of that. There's a million things that I can't control, um, every day, but, uh, it's, how can I put this? It's been, I found a lot of pleasure in that, like in just, um, not knowing things. <laughs> yeah. And letting go and, and just kind of like, it's kind of almost like dreaming, I guess, and that there's just limitless possibilities. And for somehow, like that's really been sort of pleasurable to me, mm-hmm. like just, um, in enjoying the, this process for what it is and how weird it is and how hard it is sometimes, but also just how beautiful it is that this miracle is happening inside of me. And regardless of what happens and turns out like something's going to happen, like something is going to come out of me. And, and I, and I know, like, like I've said early on, like, it's all just so temporary. And there's just something about that, that I guess what it is, is it's just really feeling life, like really feeling alive. I I do feel so alive in a way that I never have before. And it's all the challenges and all the discomforts included. Like I'm just so in my body. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm so, I have to be like, I have to pay when I'm thirsty, when I have to pee, when I have to eat, like, and that's, I said this morning to, to my husband, like, I feel like my full-time job is like just taking care of my body. Like, cause totally. it's always like, ah, I'm hungry again. Or like, Oh, I, I didn't eat fast enough. I need to, I need to drink more water. And that's like what I'm basically spending all my time doing. And, um, but there is something to that, that it, yeah, I'm just, I don't know if any of this that I'm saying is making sense, but oh, 100%. it's kind of no, 100%. philosophizing, no, <laughs> but I'm, I, I just feel so, yeah, I feel very alive. And now when I look at myself in the mirror, I mentioned like that it being difficult. Um, it's starting to feel like now I look at myself and I'm like, my breasts are so round and my belly is so round. Like I showed you my belly and I was like, I love my belly. And I have this beautiful linea negra and I, and I, my face is like flushed all the time. And I am starting to see like, wow, I, I look so bountiful and like so beautiful yeah. and abundant and like I'm so full right now and I like because I have this other life that I'm growing and I also am nurturing and growing my own life in that I feel this all this new sense of purpose and this reason for actually being on earth which I guess just personally for me I never felt so confidently like I mean I, there's work and there's things that were important to me but I always had this and it kind of was tied with my depression and this feeling of like, I don't feel like I really belong on this planet. Mm-hmm. Like I wish sometimes that I wasn't here or like, um, 
I, I've always said things like that, but throughout my pregnancy, not once have I even thought that thought. Um, it just really hasn't been a feeling that I've had at all. And that to me is going <laughs> to kind of get emotional. Um, I don't know. That's, that's such a, it's just such a beautiful thing. And I guess in romancing this unknown and, and really learning to just that all I have is me and I, I trust myself more than I trust anything else because this, this is like me, my, my soul, my essence, my being, all of what I have is like the only thing that I truly have control over. Mm. And I trust that more than anything else. And, um, I don't know. I, I also just like, I trust this baby <laughs> and, and that they've been doing exactly what they're supposed to do. And they're going to continue to do exactly what they're supposed to do. And that I hope to teach them, you know, to trust themselves more than anything else. Cause that's all we have. And in a way I feel that choosing this wild pregnancy and this free birth is the ultimate way that I can teach them that in this gift that I can give them because I'm this whole process. I'm just trusting myself and trusting them. And that's all. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. I love that so much. Yeah. It's like a, it sounds like just a huge return to home and a yeah. recreation of what that is and feels like in your body and how just potent that you're experiencing this in your pregnancy, you know, as you become a mother and, and before you, you know, it is pregnancy is very dreamlike. There's really, because how, how could it be anything but you're full of dreams? You know, what is this baby going to be like? Is it a boy or girl? Is it, um, (laughs) you know, what, what will their name be? What will they look like? How will it feel, you know, to breastfeed them? How will, you know, just so full of just like you said, your body feels full in your spirit and your heart. I mean, and your mind. And it's, it's so fun. It's so fun to entertain all those things and to dream it. And I, I'm just so grateful that I don't have anyone putting their fear on me or, um, you know, that because I am, am doing this my way, there's, I'm not checking in with anybody. I'm not like asking anyone for answers. And so no one is projecting their ideas right. on me. So it gets to be just purely the experience that it is. Mm. And that's like, <laughs> that's why I'm free birthing. You know, it's, it, it's, um, that just feels like, so I, I'm just very grateful all the time, um, that I'm on this path. I'm grateful for you as being a huge person who's a part of the reason how I got here and all the people that support me and, everything that led me here because it, it really truly feels like such a gift of life to yeah. get to experience this experience as purely as I can, mm-hmm. good and bad and all of the things, but, but it's yours. Without, it's mine and no one else is driving it. And, yeah. um, and that is just, yeah, that's the ultimate gift of it to me and the gift that I'm giving my child. Um, and I don't know if they'll ever fully understand that and that's okay, but but they will like in their bones. Totally. <laughs> they know right now. <laughs> I think they know. I'm, I mean, I do feel very connected to them. Like I, I love that they move so much. And sometimes like I'll, I'll think I play around with talking, like thinking to them, like, like, Hey, can you move right now? Cause I haven't felt you move in a while and they will not always, but sometimes. And I love like playing with that just idea of like talking to them and, and Jacob has his own connection. Like he loves the other day. He like put his hand on my belly and he was like, Hey baby, tap once if you're having a good time. And then he felt like, boop. 
cute. So, like, they talk and sweet. <laughs> the, <laughs> the baby kicks him in the head a lot and he loves mm-hmm. it. Um, and, you know, and I think also because I've had, I'm having this like pure experience that's not tainted by like anyone telling me I should worry about anything. Um, Jacob is too. And he, you know, and uh-huh. he's getting to really get, have his, build his own connection. And, and I know he's grateful all the time too, that this is what we're doing. And, and I'll check in with him every once in a while. And he's always just like, of course, like this is, he loves it. And like, and also I just, this is maybe the last thing I'll share. Um, I've been, so I, I've asked him like, do you want to watch birth videos? I think I showed him the one of Gracie and that you posted on your um, Instagram and, and he watched it and it makes me cry. I'm like, this is so beautiful. And he, he's kind of looked at me and he's like, I don't want to watch any more birth videos. And I was like, okay, why? And he was like, cause it feels like it's spoiling it for me and I don't want to be spoiled. And I want, when I watch you give birth, I want it to be like really the first time that, and I, at first I was kind of like, what? That's crazy. And then I was like, I love that. Like, but if he's, he's fear, like, if he doesn't have fear. Like, no, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of love it. Cause like, so he is a person that hates, like when there's, if we're going to watch a movie or a TV show, I'm like, let me read the description of what it's about. And, and like, I like to like read that. And he closes his eyes cause he doesn't want to know. And like the way that I take that from him is like, he let, like he, loves the mystery of life and like, and gets so much, like he just trusts it. And he's just like, I don't need to know. And he's like, I don't want any spoilers. And he's like, I just want this experience to be ours and pure pure and virgin. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I think that because of that, he's probably going to be a wonderful support person because he's, he will be, he's going to have no, like, you know, and so I I love that he's not like, and he, he's going to like watch some things in the free birth course, but it's not like he's totally doesn't want any information, but he also oh, doesn't, he also doesn't feel like he needs it. And I know that comes from this place of just him trusting me and that's trusting huge. the process. And yeah, that's super. So huge. I, so I just, I kind of make fun of him. I joke like, like you don't want any spoilers. Cause sometimes I'll say something about birth and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to tell you that. Cause that's going to spoil it for you. <laughs> so yeah, next, <laughs> next time let's, um, let's focus on, well, of course we'll do a little third trimester wrap up, but then I would love to just kind of talk about, yeah, what it feels like to be on the brink of your labor land. And, yeah. um, I have some like kind of practical questions that I'd, I'd be curious what you guys or what yeah. you have to say, just, you know, how you and navigating the, what if, and what is your, what is your like agreements with Jacob or your team around, um, you know, around keeping it safe and, um, and I'd love for, if you wanted to, to speak your birth dream, Yeah, uh, that would be nice. And, and yeah. And then we'll just kind of think on what else, but that'll probably fill the whole episode. That sounds good. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much. So nice yeah. to tune in with you and see you on mostly the other side of that. And, <laughs> it's yeah. my pleasure. This is fun for me to do, to get um, in that. To listen back to maybe someday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little time capsule. Well, I'm super, I'm super proud of you. Thank you. I love you. Girl. I love you. <laughs> That's it for today, everyone. Join us next week for another episode of the Free Birth Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your body, your choice. Lots of love. <laughs>